Welcome to a new conversation with Hanim Peretz, episode 7, titled A Secular Jew's Support of Religious Organizations, and a few words on wealth. Growing up in the 40s to an immigrant father, our guest helped build his family's business into a Fortune 500 company. Despite being a self-proclaimed secular Jew, he strongly supports religious organizations. How did that come about? And we conclude with a few words on wealth and a lesson for young people. We welcome your feedback and thoughts on our website, anewconvo.com, and on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash anewconvo. Enjoy. Let's begin by sharing with telling me um, your background, uh, how you grew up, and I'm talking about more in the religious context, uh, Jewishly. Well, I was the uh, child of uh, immigrants. My father, in particular, uh, had sort of uh, rejected religion. He was very Jewish uh, culturally. His business was located in a Jewish neighborhood, but he was not. He had was a bit of a leftist, and uh, had really set aside religion as something that uh, was not important in his life. So you grew up void of religion. I knew I was Jewish. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no attempt to hide that you were Jewish, but you know, ritual, Shabbos was not observed. We'd go around Christmas time and sit on Santa's knee. Did you have a tree in your house? No. Did you eat, did you eat non-kosher food in the house? All the time. So when you, as you grew up and when you grew up and when you got married and raised, when you raised your family, it was completely, in a sense, secular. Completely. Although I married uh, a girl whose uh, parents were, in fact, uh, not particularly religious, but they kept the kosher home. And as you pr- raised your family, you raised your children, you raised them also in that environment, in a secular environment. Uh, yes, but I uh, joined the Reformed Temple. I, you know, I, I identified uh, as being Jewish, which my father never, despite that he was not religious, he always identified as Jewish. He had no shame in it at all. I mean, he was proud of it. Complicated. Okay, yes, <laughs> being Jewish is complicated. And <laughs> you know. as you get older and you really committed to that lifestyle, um, and then you, in your professional uh, career, uh, you have your business and you do well, and uh, you start becoming uh, philanthropic uh, and supporting different causes. Um, you started getting involved in supporting... Um, religious organizations, uh, sometimes even very religious organizations, um, that doesn't seem to go in accordance to the lifestyle you lived and, and your values, uh, perhaps. Well, uh, again, I, I, it's very difficult to explain, and I can't tell you that I had a rational... Uh, decision-making process. Uh, as I said earlier, my father was actually proud to be Jewish, uh, so there was never an estrangement. Had a uh, <laughs> an aunt who lived uh, from my un was the wife of my mother's brother, and uh, she uh, was uh, 
a very modern woman, and she would uh, she was more interested in being Jewish than my parents were, and she would give me books, and they weren't religious books, but they were books about uh, about Jews and the Jewish experience. So when I was you know twelve, thirteen, I you know I, I would read these things, and I, I I identified, and I did go through. When I was in that other neighborhood, I went through anti-Semitic experiences. So that, if anything, that reinforced my Jewishness because I was picked on. Uh, you know, I used to come home, you know, once a week with a black eye. Wow. Uh, um, uh, I'm not young, and those years were years where uh, anti-Semitism was um, was real. I mean, it was real. It wasn't evil in the sense that it was, uh, you know, people were doing terrible, terrible things. But there was a lot of conflict and a lot of name-calling, and that's just the way the world was in that kind of an environment. And I, th I think that probably had more to reinforce my Jewishness than probably anything else. And that stuck with you. Stuck with me. And it really cemented your Jewish identity uh, in a very strong way. Yeah, I think so. And it carried with you for the rest of your life. Right. Uh, but that's not something that your kids or your grandkids experienced. No. Neither my children nor my grandchildren right. have experienced anything like it. Happily so. Happily so. Yeah. Um, so... That evolved into your becoming more identified with uh, religious Jews and religious Judaism? Um, well, I'm going to be honest with you. So uh, That's the point. <laughs> I, I tend to be a little bit uh, to the left. And uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to sound, uh, you know, that I'm bragging, but I, I became sort of a do-gooder. I, I mean, uh, my father was that way, um, and I, uh, I, I was concerned with the right thing to do with Jews and non-Jews. It didn't really make a difference, but because of this Jewish identification that I had, um, uh, it took me a while um, because I, I always felt strange. No, no, I, I didn't feel strange. I felt estranged when I would see religious people wearing black hats, and I wasn't brought up that way at all. And, uh, and it was difficult to get used to. But as I got a little older, into my uh, 20s, uh, I, you know, I started to, uh, you know, meet some of them in my business and do business with them. And I got to know them at a, uh, at a different level. And their situation uh, always spoke to me because uh, they, uh, they lived in a world that uh, they were different and they had to adjust to that. And so I, I developed a sympathy what, what was originally like, who are these people and why are they 
look like this or why are they doing this to a more comfortable feeling with, with religious people. And uh, it wasn't for me. I, I, I didn't have that kind of a faith. Uh, but I liked them and uh, did business with them and became friendly with them. So you shifted from a certain estrangement, awkwardness in the presence or uh, when encountering religious Jews to one where uh, you developed a certain sympathy towards them when you had that interaction with them and almost an appreciation because you identified that as something of your past, not your immediate past, but your historical past. Yeah, that's it. Okay, but then I never it, quite thought of it in the way that I'm expressing it uh-huh. to you right now. But yeah, and, and we're now in your like twenties or your mm-hmm. okay, and but that continued to evolve. Yes. Did it? And yes, it did. Could you speak to that? Yeah, I, my father brought me up to believe like in public schools, uh, very strongly, so very much against parochial education of any sort that applied to our Irish neighborhood neighbors, and it also applied to Jews. I mean, he didn't think that was, you know, what a solid American citizen should do. Yeshiva day school. <laughs> right. As I got older and I saw people who, because of their faith, really had no other choice but to send their kids to uh, religious schools, uh, I saw how difficult, you know, it was for them financially, and you know, and I know, I noticed that the teachers in these places were getting underpaid, and that uh, it was a terrible sacrifice on on everybody's part. You know, not the parents who had to sacrifice an awful lot to send their kids to a religious school, and and the people who ran the schools were. You know, living on very close to the margin financially, and I had sympathy for it. And uh, you know, as my uh, business life prospered, um, I became involved with uh, you know supporting them. So, and I guess you had a deeper encounter with them, um, being exposed more to 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 them, to their lifestyles, to their ideologies, their philosophies. Has that in any way rubbed off on you? What what did that encounter what 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 did that encounter do to you? Didn't change me very much. <laughs> in what sense? I, it, well in the sense that uh I'm I I'm still a very secular Jew. Um I care a lot, but I don't you know, anyone who looked at my life uh uh, any religious person would say, you know, I'm totally unobservant. I care about my people. I identify that they're my people, but I don't identify with the light with the lifestyle. I don't say that these this encounter has not uh, affected my life. It has um, certainly, uh, but I still basically think the way I thought. As a young person, uh, um, but I, you know, I, I become. Let's put it this way: I become a much mellower person, and uh, 
I'm, I'm willing to accept the idea that other people think differently from me and uh, not be uh, angry about it or antagonistic about it and to sort of appreciate it. Um, you spoke earlier to your sort of sympathy and, and support to, for, for, for Jewish day schools. Yep. Um, and that's because the, the need for uh, education that they provide for those who, are, who want to raise their families in a particular way. But you also support not only Jewish day schools, uh, you support, for example, a Chabad house. Um, that it's not about educating people who need or are seeking that type of education. It's more about, um, you know, impacting people's lives and, and, and getting them deeper, more engaged in Judaism, uh, whether they are particularly interested in it yet or they will become more interested in it. But speak to that. Well, uh, what we're talking about here is, uh, you know, the, the age-old question of Jewish continuity. And, uh, and that's all. The, everything you've talked about is a piece of that. And so that's important to me. Um, why it's important to me, I can't tell you. It just is. Uh, it's part of my inner self. Uh, it's, um, and I, it was even important to my dad who, you know, as I say, he rejected religion, but uh, he was always, uh, at the same time as he rejected religion, he was friendly to uh, Chabad rabbis who would come visit my home, and he'd be charitable, and he'd be involved with different institutions. My father, who did not believe in God at all, belonged to five synagogues. He was never uh, contemptuous of religious people at all. We respected them. So for him, being part of the Jewish people and Jewish continuity was really important. It's sort of part of his DNA. And in a sense for you, it is equally, it just, it's a part of you, like, like the color of your eyes, right. and, and it, it, this is who you are. Yeah, I mean, my dad was, was a you know, pretty strong Zionist. Could you speculate? I know you can't say for certain, but do you think that, say, your grandchildren have that a similar sense of identity with Jewish continuity as yourself? Uh, no, I don't think they do. Although, I, I must say, I see sparks of it in some of my grandkids. Not Certainly not in all of them. And is that because they weren't beat up for being Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So what would you say the generational difference between you and your grandkids and I believe I'm asking this because you have a certain hindsight and that I for certain don't have. My experiences uh, are very different from my grandchildren. We are a product of how we were brought up and the environment we were brought up in. However, the contrast between me and my grandkids is nothing like the contrast between my father and me. Never mind my father and his grandchildren or you know, great-grandchildren. So Jewish continuity is really important for you. Yes. Uh, and you want to support it and be a part of it in any way that you can. And you, do you see particularly a value in supporting Jewish continuity in the context of, uh, let's call it a religious 
a organization that 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 that's, that operates in that context. Chabad, for instance, I admit that the chief reason I think that I support religious religious experience is the issue of continuity because I recognize that it's probably not going to be my grandkids that uh, are going to. Uh, play a big part in Jewish continuity. They're yours. Um, and I'm a product uh, of my father, who was not religious, but his parents certainly were. So I know where I come from. Unfortunately, uh, I wasn't brought up that way. My children weren't brought up that way. Uh, so I, I see the, the issue of Jewish continuity um, you know, um, being a problem in my line. Um, so I'd like to see it prosper despite that. And uh, it's not going to, as I say, it's not going to be my kids. It will be yours. Or the kids that I touch. Right. Right. Another trajectory in your life has been um, your professional and financial uh, growth and development. Um, a company that your dad started uh, by himself, uh, working hard, uh, physically, laboriously hard, uh, and then you and uh, your, your brother and yourself sort of joined it um, many, many years ago, and it has shown success has prospered and, and been very, very successful and um, in a certain sense has brought you a wealth that you did not grow up with. Um, and in a certain sense, uh, you live the American dream of somebody, you know, starting out with minimal resources and achieving uh, uh, success in their, in their endeavors and, and the, and the, uh, resources that brings it bring it, brings along with it. Um, what do you find to be the, um, the 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 challenges that wealth brings with it? Having money is uh, is a good thing. I mean, I, listen, there's no getting around it. But it doesn't make you a better person. It doesn't, in the end, it makes your life easier in one sense, without any question. But in other senses, it, it creates issues that people who don't have money don't face. Having money is uh, it's not always easy. It affects your relationship with your kids. It's the way your kids get... You know, tend to think. Thank God, uh, you know, my uh, wife and I, we brought up our kids with values and you know something they're no stinkers uh are there any other sort of challenges that you could speak to that looking back it brings into uh your life but well, let's say the idea of, of philanthropy i you know philanthropy has played a, a, a fairly big part in uh, my life and in my brother's life and i can't quite tell you why the, you know, why that is. I'm involved with Jewish philanthropy. I'm involved with non-Jewish philanthropy. You know, we were very fortunate. I ascribe most of it, you know, success to luck. Uh, hard work helps, but 
an awful lot of luck is involved. And to the extent, uh, you know, it's a reflection of, uh, you know, my father's values. It's where I came out. So I'm able to do it, and I have. What are the challenges you find in philanthropy? Not having enough money to do everything you'd like to do. <laughs> yeah, when you, if in fact you do something and you will, and it isn't just the money. I mean, it's odd. It's funny. In Jewish philanthropy, I give money to lots of organizations, lots of things, mostly focused on Jewish continuity in one way or another, education, Chabad houses, colleges, things of that nature, sometimes even clergy. Non-Jewish philanthropy, I tend to be more involved. I'm involved in a sense, actively involved besides the philanthropy. I get involved with some of the organizations that I support in a strong way. So I'm on their boards and I, I tend to work them. Why that's the case? Probably because Jews are difficult to deal with. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm being funny. Yeah, I know. I get it. Uh, you support Jewish organizations, Jewish continuity, education. You support non-Jewish organizations in whatever area it is. But you serve on the boards of the non-Jewish organizations, and you don't serve on the boards of the Jewish educations. Correct. Okay. Now, could I hypothesize why that is? Go right ahead. Is it possible that uh, being on the board of a Jewish education requires you in a certain sense to get involved in Jewish education and in Jewish continuity and be a part of it? And that requires, it, it, it touches deeper in your gut uh, than you would perhaps like to uh, get involved it, it, it challenges you in a certain way that getting involved in a, I don't know, let's call it a Catholic charity, does not. Maybe there's a, a hint of truth in that. I, I, I like the idea, my first idea, which was Jews are much harder to deal with on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> Granted. Granted. I won't, I, I won't deny that one. <laughs> we are much more complicated. We are. We are. We definitely are. There's a lot more complication there. Speaking to young people who are starting their career and they are, in a sense, going to be dedicating a lot of their time, a lot of their life capital into their particular careers with the goal of being successful at it. And most would like to be very successful at it. What would you say to them? I have to tell you that I find the conduct of business has actually deteriorated. There's much less loyalty uh, in the conduct of people's business affairs than they used to be. Today, if a person works more than three, four years for any one company, you know, it's like they're a long timer. That's not the way it used to be. Likewise, the business arrangements you have with your customers and your suppliers uh, used to be long term. You know, you would always give a last look to someone that been dealing with for a long time. You wouldn't worry about the last penny all the time. And you'd always... In, in your dealings, you always, you know, you're much better off if you don't, that you leave something on the table for the person you're negotiating with. The idea that you fight to the last cent on every single transaction is not in the long run a very good way to do business. I was brought up, my father, who if anything was a more ambitious person than I ever could be, you know, he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't leave 
he wouldn't take a nickel that he thought belonged to the other party. I mean, he was had that ethic about him. And uh, in the long run, I would argue that most people who are successful in business, over the long haul, are people who have some sense of ethical behavior. It usually comes back to you if you don't behave properly in the end. You know, it's not 100%. I know successful people that I have do not have any respect for, and again, the opposite. But uh, for my life, I, I know you can be successful and be, a, be straight and kind. And, you know, that's the proper way to conduct business as far as I'm concerned. It's the way I've tried to live my life. Well, thank you very much. This has been a phenomenal conversation. Uh, are there any questions you'd like to ask me? No, I know you too well. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening. To receive notifications of our latest podcasts, please subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app like Apple Podcasts or Google Play. We welcome your feedback and thoughts on our website, anewconvo.com, that is A-N-E-W-C-O-N-V-O.com, and on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash anewconvo. Have a great day.